There comes a point in our lives when we strive to define our true meaning and purpose. Many of us move through our existence day after day, living through the same cycles and patterns that leave us feeling unfulfilled and searching for more. For those of us seeking a way to transform life, to capture fulfillment in every moment, to redefine how we perceive the truths of our reality so we can live this life to its fullest. This is the Live This Life Podcast. I'm your host, Heath Cummings. I'm here to inspire you to ask yourself the question every day. Are you living or are you killing time? As I discover more about myself and more about the reality that I live in, that we live in, I'm so fascinated by the things that we really have all taken for granted at one time or another. Or maybe not necessarily the things that we took for granted, but the things that we really didn't even know existed. The energies and the connectedness of everyone and everything in existence just really astounds me when you start to sit down and think of it. There are just so many things that the average person doesn't think of with all the distractions that are out there in front of them. I'm one of them. But when you get to sit and actually listen to some of these people who talk about some of these amazing concepts, most of them have been around for thousands of years, and we're just now starting to rediscover them. And these people, it's not like they've been hiding in the shadows and have just come out now. It's just there's more people starting to actually listen to them because more people are diving into these concepts and finding so much more fulfillment in their lives, the way that their lives sort of start to to bloom like a flower that's sort of unfolding whenever they start to dive into some of this stuff. And I've seen it for myself. I'm a skeptic. I'm, I'd say at one point was probably one of the biggest skeptics, meatheads kind of person, like someone who was never into this kind of stuff. And now when you really sit and ponder a whole bunch of these things that have really been at our fingertips the whole time, most of the stuff, like I said, we don't even realize. It's kind of astounding. Yet all we have to do is change our awareness to some of these finer aspects of the reality. And then suddenly they're there. We're suddenly aware of them. And then once we understand that there's there's just so much more to reality to perceive and understand and really therefore so much more for us to interact with and work with to guide our reality in specific directions, we start to realize the next level of capabilities that we have as powerful creators to manifest and attract the things that we want in our lives, the things that we want to see in our reality. There are different dimensions of understanding. And I don't mean sort of like extra dimensional in that kind of way, like a sci-fi kind of way. I mean, dimensions as in like coordinates of reality, which actually when you dig a little bit deeper, those things really are one and the same when you dig deep enough, I think. Um, But right now I'm talking about the dimensions that you move in. And directions maybe you didn't realize that you could move in before now. At least you're going to realize them after some of this conversation. To get back to an understanding of what I'm talking about, I'm going to break it down in one of the most basic ways that I had it broken down for me so it was easy to understand. So our spatial dimension that we live in right now is the third dimension. It's length, it's depth, it's depth, it's height. You know, it's a 3D object. But picture instead of living in the 3D world that you live in right now, 
Maybe you step down into the 2D world. You live on a flat piece of paper. You're just a stick figure on that two-dimensional plane. And it's a plane where you can only go left or right, up or down. And there's no depth. So there you are. You're, you're Mr. and Mrs. Stick Figure, and you're living in 2D land. And someone from a higher dimension, maybe this one that you're in right now, someone from the third dimension, takes a ball and tries to pass that ball through your dimension. Once that ball hits that piece of paper, you're going to start to see this small little round dot emerge on your little two-dimensional plane as that ball is maybe going through the piece of paper. And as the ball moves through, obviously you're getting to the, the bigger part of the diameter of the ball. The dot's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And then as the ball passes through the paper, it's going to start to shrink again as the back side of the ball goes through your two-dimensional world. To you, you don't know what a sphere or a ball looks like. It's hard to describe to someone who would be in that second dimension actually what a ball is. To them, they only see things that are flat. It, it looks like a dot or a circle. But to us, we can see something because it has an extra dimension. It doesn't have just the width and the height. It has some depth to it. Well, what if you're currently in one of those kinds of examples of a world of understanding right now? What if there are spatial dimensions beyond this one that we can experience that we really can't comprehend? Well, there are things about our reality that we are learning about right now that we still don't fully understand. We're learning these new things that it, it makes those discoveries just as crazy as the one I just mentioned. I mean, it, it would be weird if some object came into our reality and it was from another dimension. That sounds nuts. But really, we've had new dimensional understandings of what our world is actually made up of at the finest, smallest fundamental particles. I mean, one of the greatest examples I just heard recently was the actual size of an atom. So if you took an atom and by scale, you made it the size of a tennis ball and you put it at the 50 yard line of a stadium, the nearest electron would be in the upper seats of the stadium. So you think about how much empty space there is in every single atom and every single particle of our body. Well, just that extra dimension of thought where this table that I'm sitting at right now, it's made up of empty space just like that. I mean, I'm saying it, I understand it, I've read it a million times over, I listen to so many seminars and so many talks on these kinds of things, but still it's hard for me to comprehend, it's almost unbelievable. Well, the same thing goes for what other potentials could be out there for us in the universe, things we don't comprehend. And the reason why we don't comprehend them is because we're trying to see them from a very limited perspective. Our brains have been so conditioned and hardwired to understand reality in a certain fundamental way, it's hard for us to see things from another level, no matter how much we learn about that, no matter how much someone describes that extra dimensional understanding to us, it's still hard for us to picture that ball coming through what we see as our reality right now. You know, one of the best ones that, uh, one of the best stories that I remember hearing as well about perceptions and how it builds a, a picture of reality is a, a bunch of blind men and the elephant. And these blind men were all given a certain part of the elephant and told to describe what the elephant, what, what is an elephant. So one of them went and grabbed a tusk. One grabs the snout, the other one grabs a tail, the other one grabs an ear, the other one grabs the leg. The man who grabs the leg says, oh, an elephant's like a tree. 
The other one who was at the ear said, oh, an elephant's like a big fan. The one at the tux, tusk said that the elephant was like a spear. They were all right. They were all right in their very limited perspective of, of what they were using to perceive what an elephant was. And that's sort of where you and I are right now. We are left perceiving the reality that we have from whatever perspective we're currently in. And really, our perception of our reality is so amazingly limited. When you look at the electromagnetic spectrum, which is so many different things, we have, you know, the electromagnetic spectrum of just visible light, and it goes all the way up into like gamma rays, and it goes all the way up into, you know, AM and FM radio waves. We see this tiny little sliver as human beings. We only have a certain sliver of an observable sound range that we can hear. We only have a tiny little sliver of, of observable light. It's what you see when you see a rainbow. You see from one end of the rainbow is violet, and on the other side it's red with all the other colors in between. But that's one end of that visible spectrum of light to the other. That's just what we call as humans, it's visible light. It's all our eyes can actually see. Beyond the violet edge of that, though, is the ultraviolet, which we cannot see. And then further in that violet direction, beyond ultra, ultraviolet, is x-ray and then gamma. And then on the other side, where the, the red sign of the rainbow ends, you have infrared right after the red spectrum that we can see. And then up beyond that, you have like radar and TV and radio waves. There's all these different things that are out there that we have to use something extrasensory for us to pick up. They're always there. They, they're, they're there constantly. These these spectrum measurements, these things that are within the spectrum, those are always there, but we just can't see them in the electromagnetic abilities that we have. They're there. They're just on a frequency that we're not tuned into. We can't actually pick them up. I mean, we don't have like a car that doesn't have satellite radio. It just has the old AM FM radio in it. Satellite radio is there, just doesn't have the equipment to pick it up. That's kind of how we are. We're built that way. But there's animals out there that can perceive things far beyond humans. I mean, so many animals have the ability to see at night. Um, picture what animals can hear. You know, dogs can hear certain things above us and bats have the echolocation. Animals have all sorts of sensory abilities above humans. But other than our very limited abilities to perceive certain things in the physical world, we also limit ourselves by conditioning, by our ego, by our subconscious beliefs and thoughts. And those programs can totally dictate how we actually observe the world around us. And we're going to dive into all of that in this episode. You know, one of the major flaws that we have as humans in our human nature is we'll dismiss anything that we have not detected with our own senses. Some people will believe almost anything you tell them. I've kind of seen that in the last year or so um, in so many different ways. And we will tend to just believe what we have seen. And we will dismiss certain things if we haven't experienced them with our own senses. Until really it's ended up in our, our awareness as some sort of a sensory perception. We've seen it. We've smelled it. We've, we've heard it for ourselves. We will not ex accept that it exists otherwise. We define our physical reality so heavily and we limit it so much because of what we can see and hear and touch that we don't often accept what else could be out there. But beyond the senses of what we can sense as a human being, 
There's so many things in our physical quantum universe down at the smallest scale that have physical effects on matter. These things that are just vibratory have effects on how physical matter actually manifests. The fundamental source of all of physical reality is nothing actually physical when you get all the way down there. And it's mind blowing. You know, of all the spatial dimensions that could be out there, um, the first dimension is is one I've heard recently discussed. So, you know, you can think of things in, in a in sort of like that drawing on a piece of paper type of dimensional explanation. So if you draw a line on a piece of paper, that would be one dimensional is how I've heard it described. But I've also heard of thoughts being of a one dimensional type of source. They're there. They exist. A thought does exist, but it's just purely energy. It has no depth. It has no height, no weight, but it's still there. It, it is some form of energy. A word maybe would be a two-dimensional object because a spoken word is a thought combined with a sound. It's two dimensions. And, you know, there's so many interpretations of even what a sound can be from what you hear versus what I hear. What I hear when I hear a certain song um, or, you know, like I said before, like what dogs can hear. But there's so much of the physical universe that we don't comprehend as humans. Even when we try, there's just so much that we still, it's not that we can't see it, but it's almost like there's blockages and veils over a lot of this stuff that our conditioning has just not allowed us to see. But it doesn't always have to be that way. And I found that out over the last few years. There are so many ways that we can become aware of higher perceptions and enhance our senses so they can become extrasensory. And we can perceive things with the tools that we already have and just perceive things that we've never been able to see or hear before. What's amazing is that so many people, really like an, an overwhelming majority of this world, it's not just like a handful of people, it's more and more, I've been guilty of it as well, but so many people aren't even aware of their basic levels of, of what most basic people can observe, of what you would have seen as the baseline in years past. So many people are they're affected by external sources that are keeping them from seeing higher dimensional realities. You know, whether it's drugs or alcohol or pharmaceuticals, cell phones. I mean, everybody has their face buried in some sort of screen all the time. Um, social media, the, the fear machine that's our mainstream media, all of that division that they sell everybody that ties up everybody's energy and consciousness. It wraps up their attention it prevents you from trying to take a higher level of perspective. And that's why a lot of people have called what's been going on in the last year, year and a half, really World War III in a way, because it's a war on your consciousness. And I have seen it. I have stepped back and just watched everything from politics to this virus and everything. And I've just stepped back and watched it and observed and not engaged as much as possible. And it literally looks like it is a war on consciousness to turn people on each other to prevent them from seeing some of the higher truths of reality. Think about what happens when you can lose all of those distractions and you can focus on enhancing some of your higher abilities. Imagine enhancing your hearing or your sight or even go as far as gaining extrasensory abilities that so many people already have. Some people were born with those things and it sounds kind of nuts. But if you listen back on a few other episodes that I did, and actually one that's coming up with Garrett Stevens from Hemisync, um, we talk about how the CIA dug into remote viewing, 
how clairvoyance was an actual thing. They did some reports on it. They did an entire project on it. And it's all established scientific fact that people, humans, they can either be born with these abilities or develop them. And we just have to know the right exercises and the right things to do to strengthen those types of abilities, whatever you want to call them, and wake them up. It sounds nuts. It sounds nuts that I'm actually talking about this on a podcast. But the fact of the matter is these things are real and that's the the magic of those things. If I didn't actually go to the CIA's website and read some of this stuff, if I didn't actually look it up and research it for myself for hours and hours on end, I would have not believed it either. I would I would be one of the people who deals with me on a day-to-day basis. Listen to this show, like, oh, what is Heath into? And then I'm on here talking about dimensions and clairvoyance, but really these things, they're not conspiracy. You can literally go to cia.gov and look at their findings on the reports of what remote viewing and clairvoyance and, and some of those metaphysical type of things, they're, they're actually studied those and determined that they're true. And they just had to go through certain exercises, certain things. Some of them were brainwave exercises, but some of them woke up those innate abilities. So think about what happens like when a person goes blind or you know even a dog when a dog goes blind they develop an extrasensory perception they get better hearing they're smelling their their echolocation whether they realize it or not but they have other senses that take over for their sight and remote viewing and sensing things that people can't typically see with the other five senses is pretty much the same thing you're just doing something else to strengthen that ability rather than the loss of a sense you're gaining just another one you know people will call it a sixth sense but the sixth sense is pretty much just anything that shows up after your first basic five there's so many ways to begin enhancing the abilities that you have one of them i'll tell you about is just a simple one it's the coin test so this one you have to do with someone else you can have someone there with you you got to be at a hard surface i use my countertop i've done this with my my son many times um, and it's been a while. I got to probably practice a little bit more, but you got to have a range of a, do- a bunch of different coins, you know, get some dollar coins, some quarters, have like three or four of each different type of coin, um, have a large variety and you do a few samples with the person not blindfolded. So I would hold the coin in the air and I would drop it and he would hear what a quarter sounds like and hear what a dime sounds like, like almost like a confirmation, like a baseline. So then you blindfold the person and one by one, you drop a random coin just one at a time, let it bounce off the countertop. And every time you drop one, the person who's blindfolded has to guess what coin it was. So you have to, like I said, make sure you have a bunch of different ones and you drop random. First you'll do a quarter and then a dime or whatever. But you gotta make sure you vary them up. Obviously you do them one at a time and you let the person guess what it was. When the coin hits, it's important to listen very, very carefully because the point of the exercise is to eliminate the sight. First, you start the exercise, you're hearing, you are seeing, but then you eliminate the sight and you're judging that object. You're basically seeing it with your mind's eye based on your sense of hearing. So when the coin hits, you listen to it, you hear the, the metal, you judge its size by how hard it hit the table, the noise it made, its tone, it's, you know, what it's made out of. You can judge all of that stuff and create an image. And if you guess it right, you have the person confirm it. If you're wrong, you also have them confirm it. But you do this a few times. You maybe go through the, you know, 10 or 15 coins, see how many you got right and see if you can improve it the next time and do it again. 
And it's, it's, it's actually kind of a fun little exercise, but in the process, you're actually playing a brain game. It's kind of like um, Lumosity. I play that, I have that app on my phone. Um, that has done amazing wonders for my cognitive abilities. Um, problem solving and just speed of cognition and stuff, like all my things have gone through the roof. And this is just another type of one of those types of brain games. It's pretty interesting and, and it can enhance a lot of different things because you start to immerse yourself in experiences like that. You're purposely taking away your sight. So you're having to immerse yourself in the sound of that experience. You're getting into just more of like a fine-tuned moment of now through your sense of hearing. But you can do that with so many different things. You can do that with songs, just getting in the moment and listening to songs. I mean, as you guys have probably judged, I'm like a total junkie on that band, Ra. I had the lead singer, Sahaj, on here, just a, a Sahaj ticket in on here uh, a few weeks ago. And their new album has just been on my computer at work, in my car, nonstop. But the experience that I get from just literally immersing myself in songs like that, some of my favorite music, it's something that cannot be described. When you immerse yourself in sound experiences, like Ben Carroll, I have a good friend, he's actually the lead guitarist of Raw. You immerse yourself in sound experiences like what he does. He's an amazing sound healer. And some of those experiences are just so profound when you can dial in exactly what it is that you are sensing. Uh, whether it's pictures, a movie, anything, if you immerse yourself in it, the experience is just so much more profound. I mean, just like that coin test too, there's there's so many things you can do. You've seen probably a similar version of that in movies where like a monk or martial arts people will, will get blindfolded. Like even in Star Wars, I think Luke Skywalker in the early, um, very, very old Star Wars movies before I was even born, um, he got blindfolded and zapped by this little thing floating around. He had his lightsaber trying to reflect it. And eventually he got better. But in the beginning, he would get zapped by the little thing floating there. And same with other movies. But then eventually he sharpened his skills and he could fend off the attack. And it basically, the training helped him nail it at a certain point. And the same goes with the type of extra, extra sensory expansions that you can go through. But all you're doing in this process is focusing in on what's already there. You're just tuning out all the other stuff, all the other noise, so you can focus in on the thing that you're trying to observe more clearly. Well, what if you try to do that on a level to observe the universe? What if you try to do it to observe what we call oneness or God or source? That thing that everyone comes from, that everyone's connected to. What if you're able to make contact with that through your observations? It all depends on what you're trying to perceive, and those things can emerge if you're focusing on it enough. The concepts of like attracts like comes in in this whole conversation as well. If you're operating on a certain level, one of confidence and happiness and appreciation and gratitude, you'll observe more of those things because that's what you're looking for, and therefore you're going to have more of those things come into your life. One of the biggest questions with all of this is, is can we influence the world around us, the physical world around us, through some of those same exact methods? Is it observing appreciation and gratitude and having confidence and being happy? Does those things make more money come to you? When you observe, you, when you don't observe the lack of the money maybe you don't have, and you observe what it's like to feel like to have a ton of money or to have that relationship you want. 
does the observation of those things you do not have put you in this this vibratory state? You're you're from everything, your smallest particles, you're emanating that. And since it like attracts like, does something happen within the universe to pull the right circumstances towards you? That's the theory. And I've seen it work for myself. It doesn't work 100% of the time. It doesn't work 100% consistently, but that may also be because I'm not 100% consistent with getting into that state. But basically what these concepts say is that we can actually bring things to us just by focusing on them and feeling it forward. At first in this conversation, I was just talking about perceptions of senses and you know the physical world around us. But the same goes for things that we can not only not hear and see, but it goes for the things that we don't think we have. They're not in our reality, so therefore they don't exist, right? Well, all the experiments in the quantum physics world says that our universe is participatory. That means that whatever it is that we want to observe, that we're going to look at or listen to, we have to participate in that. And it's all about the way that we set up the experiment to choose to listen to the world around us or observe the world around us. We have to choose to observe it in a certain way. If we choose to observe a world where we're lacking things because that's what we're thinking and that's what we're vibrating, that's how we're choosing to set up the experiment. But if we're choosing to see a world where you're grateful for things, you appreciate things, you have everything that you need and you're grateful for it all and you're, you're there welcoming more abundance and more of whatever it is that you're looking for, that is the participatory nature that you are interacting with with the universe. Well, what if all of those things that you're trying to see or interact with with the universe are literally just there waiting for you to participate with them. These things all have to be matched with some sort of feeling first. You have to find an emotion to observe and how it would be to have the thing that you want and feeling it in the absence of it can eventually bring those things to you, says the theory. I've tried it, like I said, with some success, but sometimes... It's hard, you know, when you look out in the driveway and the new Audi's not out there and you have to go back out there every single day and observe that fact, then it's hard to really feel it and say, I'm so grateful for this thing that's not actually out there in the driveway. But the guaranteed result of all of those observations is it's going to continue to not be there. You have that sense of lack. You have you know, maybe you'll build a drive out of it and work more hours and, and earn more money. So eventually it'll show up. But the concept says that if you're literally just feeling the sense of lack, that's what's going to continue to come back to you. I really find these concepts so interesting. This stuff is new to me, but I've also been looking into this for years. I just feel like it's finally something that I'm, I'm grasping and then I'm experimenting. I'm doing my own little participatory experiments and before you know it, the things end up working out in certain ways where you're like, you're kind of a little bit creeped out because you're like, well, I'm a skeptic. I'm someone who doesn't believe in any of these things. I consider myself sort of a, a regular person who, you know, I don't do a whole lot of whimsical woo-woo kind of things. I meditate. I do, you know, a very healthy diet. I do, I feel like a lot of the right things. Um, but I'm really not into like astrology and and. Um, just a lot of things that can be considered metaphysical, but I'm also starting to 
dive into them a little bit more because some of the stuff I've dipped my toes into, I've found some evidence to support those things. So now the further down these rabbit holes I go, I'm like, okay, well, there may be something to this too. And if there isn't, oh well. But if there is, this could be awesome. But there's so much to digest on the subject. There's so many things that you really can, can look into to enhance your senses, to look into other potential spatial dimensions. And uh, there's so much stuff. I, you know, I found that the the channel Gaia is awesome. You can download the Gaia app. There's a ton of stuff on there. It goes all over the spectrum. I mean, it goes from like aliens all the way up to some of the stuff we're talking about now. Um, Teresa, Dr. Teresa Bullard is probably one of my favorites on there. She is absolutely my favorite on there. Um, follow her, even if you don't subscribe to Gaia, follow her on, uh, she's on TikTok now. I know she just started one, but um, she's on Instagram, she's on Facebook, but some of her content is amazing. And she really breaks it down um, in a very, very easy to digest way. And I feel like I even have to sometimes break it down a little bit farther, especially for people who are just diving into it. And I really grasp what she talks about pretty heavily. Um, but follow her content if this kind of stuff that I'm talking about fascinates you. Because I was totally inspired today by just tapping into one of her one of her social media platforms. And I haven't really had the opportunity with how busy I've been to dive into some of this stuff. And I would be on this every single day, several times a day. I'd be listening to talks and watching these, these Gaia videos, these long series, and just digesting this stuff and taking notes on it day after day. And I haven't been able to do that lately. And as soon as I just dove back in, I'm like, oh man, I've got to do an episode on this stuff. There's so many things I want to talk about on these episodes. And it was just one of the main things I wanted to do in the first few sort of test episodes that I was doing was talk about these kind of concepts. Because to, to be honest, I don't have a lot of people in my life who can hang with some of the conversations that I have about these things. So I'm going to get into these a little bit more, but I'm also going to expect that a lot of the listeners have never talked about this stuff and don't know much about it, but are probably really fascinated about it. So I'm going to try and break into some more of this stuff in a very introductory kind of way, and then maybe at a certain point dive a little bit deeper. Um, I'm definitely thinking by the end of 2021, I'm going to have Dr. Teresa Bullard on here. Um, I think I would have a great conversation with her. I just have to figure out what direction I want to take the conversation because just like when I had Sahaj on here, uh, there were so many things I wanted to talk about and I tried to limit it to an hour because these, these people are just, they're so busy and I'm so honored they're on the show. I don't want to take up any more time and be greedy um, and take up more time than I really feel like I deserve with them. And I just got to make sure I'm ready and set up for that episode, but um, I'm kind of predicting that by the end of 2021, we'll get Teresa Bullard on here. and It'll be a great conversation if we're able to do that. But in the meantime, go check out her stuff. So I'm going to jump out on this one. Uh, I'll leave you with a song from Soul Rising. If you're trying to look him up, check him out on Spotify. It's S-O-L Rising. This one's off of his album, Soul Vibrations. This one's called All I See. I'll leave you with this quote from the author uh, Douglas Adams. Everything you see or hear or experience in any way at all is specific to you. You create a universe by perceiving it. So everything in the universe you perceive is specific to you. We'll see you next time. <laughs>